old school Paul, new school Justin. Man, y'all still going to school though. <laughs> Sit down, listen up. Father, son, y'all think it's just another one. Fade the beta, they be grading players, all it's done is Made the piper pay me, and they've been grinding lately Up late, hit the waivers, don't hate the player, hate me It's just a game boy, never gifted one on Christmas Instead I asked for ships to hit everything off my wish list. Check the litmus, do y'all really not get this? Hit this triangular shaped button, I don't want you to miss this but I guess that's really none of my business Me risky free crews with pollen Justin just listening Yards after contact and catch, that's a lot of distance The kind of info make me wanna blow opponents kisses But I gotta be clear, there was one key difference Relationship is deep in this vein of ellipses Like how Justin agreed to washing all the dishes I'm just grateful Paul turned the miss into the missus Father son pie, get down on the get down If you don't get it now, then get, get out Father son pie, sit down and get rich now if you're not feeling it now then get get out what's up everybody welcome to the father son fantasy football podcast my name is paul my name is justin and today is july something the 30th happy anniversary to you you know i mean how many years is this now 20 26 years today. 26 years we gotta have we're doing something right over here <laughs> we gotta we gotta have Mom, come on the show one of these days. People can see the behind the scenes of how oh. this all happened. She's going <laughs> to hop in there. But we're excited to do a redraft show today. Big news happened yesterday with Damian Williams. We're going to talk Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because if you're doing a fancy podcast, you can't not talk about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But we did this unplanned, and I was like, i got to get a guest. i got to get a guest on the show because we always have a guest on the show most of the time just because it's good to have other people Absolutely. get their opinions, makes the show more entertaining and whatnot. And I was like, we haven't had this guy on yet. I don't know how in a three years run we haven't had this guy on yet. But I'm honored today to be joined by Chris Allen. What's going on, Chris? What's up, Chris? What's going on, fellas? And uh, I mean, I know we were uh, we were essentially ready to go off the rails uh, before the show even started, but I'm happy to be sitting down and talking with both of you. I mean, Paul, I mean, congratulations, 26 yeah. years, my goodness. Uh, my wife and I, we actually just celebrated our 13 year anniversary nice. uh, this uh, last month. So we're uh, we're trying to get to where you're at right now. So definitely big congrats to you guys. But I mean, let's talk some football, gentlemen. We have got plenty to talk about. Yeah, Dude, NBA is also back. Big NBA fan. Yes, sir. Jazz Pelicans on right now. It's 104. 104 so if i go quiet for like you know five seconds or so i'm watching, I'm watching the game in the background and it's okay because we're live and if these guys are listening to it right now you're listening to it probably on spotify itunes wherever you are hit the subscribe button if you're not ready but zion williamson is 104 104 dad 32 seconds left i'm excited lebron's playing clippers tonight. oh my so, goodness so it should, should be very it's fun just happy to have some sports on it i don't care what it is it's just it's sports just are back. It's back nfl for is how back. long who oh. knows i mean there's some problems so hopefully they get it I mean, this this COVID nineteen is not going away. Yeah, NFL's gonna, back. It's yeah, going to be um, there for a while. So you know, players are opting out. I believe the opt out deadline is August fourth. So a couple more days to figure out who's opting out. So if you're doing your drafts at home with stuff, it's smart to wait as long as yeah. possible because you can still have a player show up to camp and nothing's really stopping them from saying, "I really don't want to go through it this season." Because right now the NFL is very they're not doing a great job with this whole COVID thing. Like you know, the NBA. I wish they had Adam Silver. Adam oh. Silver, great commissioner, get them all in a bubble, yes. quarantine. But meanwhile, Goodell, I don't understand. It's just the NFL is going to do what the NFL is going to do. So it's it's, just, it's really upsetting to see. But what are you going to do? Damian Williams opts out. 
biggest fantasy news. Everyone went crazy. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's the number six running back in fantasy now. He's he's going to be the next man up. We, uh, on the show sheet, before this news even broke, I had Damian Williams versus Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because I thought Damian oh, Williams was going. Oh, we might start right there. We're going to start right there. Right. I was saying that, yeah. you know, Damian Williams was a great value. He was going to running back 33. Oh, we like, have okay. him. How, how upset are but, we that he's, not pl- that he's not playing? I mean, he just... He just boned yeah. our dynasty league. But we're really. talking redraft here, and I'm saying he was a great <laughs> I, I know, but I'm just saying. He we, was a great just... option in redraft, but now it's all the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire show. I thought McCoy was going to go there. McCoy signed to the Buccaneers back. We'll get to that soon, too. But, Dad, I want to get your initial reactions. when You, you didn't even know this news. I had to text you in your golf oh, league. You, 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 you were me, like, what? <laughs> well, you, I, don't know what, I don't know what you text me, Williams, because I was, I was playing golf, and I go, what are you talking about? You said he opted out, and I I texted back something. I don't I don't even know. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. You were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Dad, is he's top twelve running back guaranteed now? That's his floor. So what do you? I mean, you saw what Kareem Hunt did as a rookie yeah, in mean, Kansas City with Alex Smith. So what do you got to say about Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Dad? I mean, there was talk about him sharing touches for a little while with Damian Williams, which make makes sense. I mean, Damian Williams was was a, a decent back. He wasn't going to go anywhere for for at least half the season anyway until Clyde Edwards-Alaris probably takes over at some time. But um, he, he's an excellent all-around back on the best offense in football, right? Now even now it's like the 4th of July in August. Bang, here he goes. He's he's the guy now. He's the guy going to get the ball. There's a couple guys in there, but you're really not worried about any of them. Um, so it's going to be an awesome – he's an awesome playmaker in a backfield – that's so explosive. So thank you, Damian Williams. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean what else are you going to do? So DeAndre Washington's there. He's probably going to steal some of the third down uh, third down as a receiving back. But What, what do you mean steal? You said out of that draft yeah. that Clyde was our best receiving back in the draft. And he he's going to get – he's a three-down workhorse right now. There's no way he's not. Washington could spell him. Maybe they'll yeah. give, like, you know, 20% of the touches so he's a great late-round dart throw. But Clyde mm-hmm. Edwards-Lair, Chris, what's your thoughts on this and what happened when the news broke? <laughs> Man, I'm gonna tell you guys what. Uh, so I was I was champion uh, Damian Williams in the 2019 season. I mean, I was I was one of those people that uh, that took the bait, and I was taking him in the third and fourth round in some best ball drafts. And then the season starts, and I mean, what he was hurt coming into the season, gets banged up like towards the middle of the season, and then we really don't see him again, at least shining until it was like late in the season, like the playoff push, and then you know we see what happens in the Super Bowl. Twenty twenty comes around. I mean, this over the past like four or five months, and I'm back, and I'm you know I'm I'm back in that same position where I'm telling people like I don't care that they just took Clyde Edwards Hilaire thirty second overall. I don't care that he's with Kansas City. I mean, I, I just I, I know for a fact that Damon Williams, he should have been the Super Bowl MVP. OK, I'm, I'm just saying that right now. He should have been the Super Bowl MVP. So this year was going to be Damian Williams year. I don't care about this young rook. And then yesterday I see the news and I, <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe it. But I, I mean, I, there's there's no arguing his situation as of right now. I mean, being tied to Patrick Mahomes is like one of the best situations. I mean, either being tied to Patrick Mahomes or being tied to Lamar Jackson. I mean, if you're a young player coming to the league right now, there there are only so many quarterbacks that you would you would rather be with at this point, like in your career. Sure. And now with with Kansas City, I mean, Kansas City, they had like the highest neutral passing rate like in the league this past season, about like 66%, like well above the league average. And now with Patrick Mahomes, like being back, being healthy, I mean, and also the fact that they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like not because of his running style, 
But the fact that he can be used out of the backfield as a pass catcher, I mean, 55 targets, that, I mean, 55 receptions that he had at LSU uh, last season, like with Joe Burrow, Joe Brady, I mean, those folks in that prolific season that they had uh, um, in at, at LSU. So, I mean, what else, I mean, is there really to say about what he can do on the field i mean we were already looking at him as a top five prospect like uh coming into this draft class i mean you can argue for uh jonathan taylor uh deandre swift jk dobbins cam Akers. you can argue for any one of those guys i mean the only one that arguably has a at least a similar situation or had a similar situation before the news yesterday might have been jk dobbins considering we don't know i guess what mark ingram can still bring to the table at 29 30 years of age but, I mean, with Damian Williams gone, I mean, CEH, he has to be in the conversation for a first-round pick at this point in redraft leagues. Sure. I mean, if you, if you want to pass on him because you think that, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, or not DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Washington, uh, Daryl Williams, Darwin Thompson, if there's still some Darwin Thompson truth is out there. If you want to think that those guys combine for 30 to 40% of the running back touches and Clyde uh, CEH gets like eased into the role as their starter. Okay. I can buy that. I mean, and that might be why you'd want to fade him, but I mean, getting a piece of that uh, Kansas city offense is just something that, especially this season with the pandemic, with teams unable to really get a sense of what their rookies can do. Uh, like a lot of coach, a lot of, uh, teams switching up their coaching personnel a lot of quarterbacks like moving places i mean a lot of folks a lot of drafters at least in my eye from a redraft perspective they want that stability they want to be able to look at a team and not have to worry about like how quickly this player is going to be integrated in that offense because they're having to deal with uh, a new coaching personnel new quarterback or whatever clyde edwards hilaire like while he is a rookie i mean pretty much everything else in that team is remaining the same I mean, all of their coaching personnel is coming back. I mean, all of their starters are coming back, except for their guard who also opted out. I mean, but other than that, the primary offensive weapons are still going to be there. So you're just slotting in a guy with CEH's talent into that backfield. So how can he not cook, given that what we saw he was capable of doing in college and what that offense, what we know that offense can do once they're on the field. So I don't, I mean, I think that a lot of folks are double counting essentially like taking what we thought his ceiling was and now just boosting his price just based off the fact that Damian Williams is now gone. But if you want to try and capture some of that, you're going to have to pay that market price, which now at this point you're probably paying what in redraft leagues, uh, 106, 107, like somewhere like probably a mid to mid to late first in order to, in order to pick up CEH, which I mean, in this, in this season, I mean, if a lot of folks are leaning on running backs early, so you might have to take them at that point. Yeah, I mean, the argument's there to take him after you see CMC, Saquon, Zeke, Kamara, and then after that... Maybe Derrick Henry. Maybe Derrick Henry, I mean, Dalvin Cook, if you were a Dalvin Cook guy, or Joe Mixon, maybe. But after, Right. I mean, I'm a big Miles Sanders fan, and it's very hard for me to take him over Miles Sanders, but I can't deny the facts. Like, I was off CEH when Damian Williams was there. I wasn't taking him where he was going. I said, there's no way Damian Williams, like you mentioned, Super Bowl MVP, he should have been. Four touchdowns in the playoffs, did great. Now, yeah, he's, not I, even, now he's not in the picture anymore. Yeah, I wasn't taking him at right. his price either, but now, I mean, he's, he's the complete back. He can do it all. So, I mean, right. you're crazy yeah. if you don't even give it a thought to take him now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're, you're yeah. crazy. 
Kareem Hunt, offense. I believe, is a lesser talent than Clyde Wrestler coming out of college from a prospect-wise. And I don't think Clyde Wrestler is a great prospect. Trust me, I, I thought his athletic measurables weren't really there, but his production in the scene in the last year with Joe Burrow, the best offense in college football history, was great. And now he goes to the best offense in the NFL. So it's very tough for you. To, like He gets the best situation again. And, like I said, right. he's the best best passing or best receiver out of the backfield coming in a draft. Yeah. Over the yep. past two seasons, when Damian Williams played at least 60% of Kansas City's snaps, which was 11 games, he averaged 25 fantasy points per game. If you extend that through 16 games, he would have been an RB2 last year behind Christian McCaffrey. Shoo. That alone just says this is a system that's producing great fantasy numbers. We already know about this Kansas City offense, and now he's DeAndre Washington. Yeah, he played with Mahomes in college. He's he's pretty. He's, he's one of the better backup running backs, in my opinion. But it's mm-hmm. Clyde Edwards' hilarious show. Kareem Hunt as a rookie with Alex Smith, eighteen hundred yards, eleven touchdowns, and you got him in the fourth round drafts, and you were ecstatic because he blew it up week one against the Patriots. Everyone remember, remembers that game. Yeah. Averaged over a hundred total yards a game with fourteen scores and twelve outings with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes, it just, it's, it's almost too good to be true. People may second-guess right. it because he's a rookie. You don't really know. But listen, he's in Kansas City's offense. Yeah. Fantasy football doesn't have to be that hard. It doesn't have to be hard. He's getting all the touches now because yeah. now it's just no like, it's just it's free. Right. I'm taking him at the 106 yeah. in drafts. I don't care. I'm, I'm taking him there. I'm okay with taking him over Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry's not going to get 16 rushing touchdowns again. I mean, as a floor, mm-hmm. you, top 12 running backs, I don't have the exact percentage on me, but if they get 60-plus targets, I believe it's like 8 out of 12 RB1s is 60-plus targets. You want that baseline to have a target. Increases your ceiling, increases your floor. We know he's going to get at least 60 targets now. There's no way he's not going to get 60 so targets. So you would take him right after Kamara? After Kamara, I'm okay with taking him as RB5. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to do that, depending on where I fall in the draft. Because if you fall, say so you get the 105 in drafts, you can't say, oh, he's my RB7. I'm not going to take him there. I, I'm probably taking Kyler Schell at 105. And Superflex What if Kamara is there? I'm taking Kamara over CEH still. Just because it's a known I, I, commodity. Yeah, I, I think after Kamara, you, you would you would take him absolutely. I, I could agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. crazy because I mean I, I was off him. I'm, I'm trying to tell people now. I was first thing with Clyde Solaire. I mean, you, I was yeah. not there. And our now, dynasty leagues were all in now. They're they're trying to trade him right now. Their their value is so high. Oh, you can. To, I mean, it's, it's, oh, it's so ridiculous. much for him right now. I'm, I'm watching it. I'm watching I have him in two leagues. It's crazy. I have Clyde Solaire in two yeah. dynasty leagues. I, now I kind of wish I had more, obviously, but like I'm oh, yeah. putting him on the block. <laughs> whatever you yeah. want to give me, let's yeah. see what I can get right now. Yeah. If you're not, oh, yeah, like, absolutely. I love the situation. I think he's going to be great. And, like, all these analysts are like, oh, he's going to be amazing. But you're kind of stupid not to put him on the block right now to see what you can get because yeah. everyone has a price. And right now, some people are probably willing to pay over the roof for a guy you don't have to pay over the roof for. And you can get in leagues very, very cheap. And we're talking redraft again. Teddy Bridgewater. He's going as a QB 25 right now. And I think that's just disrespectful. I'm a big Teddy Bridgewater fan. Devastating knee wow. injury. Comes back. Gets released and signed by New Orleans backup and last year he gets a chance to play when Drew Brees hurt his thumb and he looked pretty good he, he was a game manager granted but he looked pretty good I'm high on Teddy Bridgewater I mentioned the Carolina offense and how that's an offense I'm targeting like you would target the Giants offense because it's, it's an underrated offense I believe this year as well Carolina Cincinnati those are the three offenses that are like people are, should probably be targeting their players because they're going to be throwing the ball a lot having a lot of volume Carolina did I mean I'm higher on Carolina than you are because I love my man DJ Moore yeah, but I want to hear. I want to hear what you guys say about Teddy Bridgewater. You know, his first two seasons with Minnesota, he showed he was capable of being an above-average QB. Then a torn ACL stopped stopped everything. Right. So last year he came and he took over for Drew Brees for five games, and he did okay. He went five and zero. Right. Yeah. Just under mm-hmm. fourteen hundred yards. I mean, so now he's on Carolina. 
I mean, he should have a quality season. He's going 25th because I don't think he's he's 25th. one of them elite quarterbacks. He's a very consistent. Uh, I think he's a game manager. Yeah. About in the middle of the field. So 25, I mean, you know, I don't know. He's got weapons like McCaffrey, DJ Moore. Um, and he also has some rushing ability for when he gets in trouble. We, we all seen that. I mean, look, the Saints had a dominate dominant offensive line it helped him out go five and oh it's not going to be the same in carolina right this offense is still going to run through mccaffrey whereas adp is though you aren't taking a lot of risk you're going to you're going to gain a valuable backup especially in a two two quarterback league if you if you have him as your second quarterback i'm okay with that too if you're waiting on quarterback i'd love to have that so i think the value of where he is is is, is pretty good i think he's going to definitely finish above his adp easily i want but you it, but it's definitely going to be a different uh team than he was when he was on uh, pull up the, the ADP for QBs I'm willing to t- put a, a decent amount of bets right now on Teddy Bridgewater finishing above other quarterbacks because I believe I'm way higher on him than you but Chris I believe you're on my side with this Teddy Bridgewater hype I think you're a Teddy Bridgewater guy too I want to hear what you guys say about this guy oh most definitely uh, I wrote a piece on Teddy Bridgewater I want to say this was like back in March over at 4 for 4 and if you guys if anybody listening gets a chance to go, go check it out uh, because I laid out like his his strengths his weaknesses and I tried to like just be at least as um, I guess as neutral as possible but I'm st- I'm so excited for what he can do with uh with Matt Rule Joe Brady I mean we were just talking about Joe Brady like with what he did at, with LSU and so now he gets to be a part of this rebuild that uh, this like quote unquote rebuild that Carolina is trying to do and I'm really excited for I mean, if you look at like how uh, the Saints actually operated like under Teddy Bridgewater, it was almost as if Drew Brees was still in the lineup. I mean, they didn't change anything. Mm -hmm. It's not like when we saw, uh, let's see, like when we saw David Blau or Jeff Driscoll come in for for Matt Stafford, where just the offense just looked completely different. I mean, they were running more. They weren't taking as many deep shots. I mean, because neither of those quarterbacks are Matt Stafford. But Sean Payton actually used Teddy Bridgewater as an extension of that offense in the same manner as he used Drew Brees. I mean, it was so short, quick passes. I mean, they were trying to move the ball as quickly as possible down the field, whether it was, I mean, Alvin Kamara, I think, started for a couple of games before he had his high ankle sprain. There was Latavius Murray afterwards, who also balled out behind that uh, strong offensive line. I mean, their neutral passing rate pretty much stayed the same. They were about 64, 65%, I mean, which was, uh, again, above league average, but still, it was the same way that Drew Brees piloted that, uh, that offense. And to me, that's high praise because if a head coach like typically puts in their, their backup quarterback, it's really they're trying to tailor wind up having to change the offense to how that quarterback actually, uh, how they play, their strengths and their weaknesses. But Sean Payton didn't do any of that. Like he, he actually put Teddy Bridgewater in and then it was, they were calling this like almost the same place. They were using players in the exact same manner. I mean, Michael Thomas was still in the wide receiver one conversation during that time. Alvin Kamara was still in the uh, RB one conversation at that time until the high ankle sprain. But even when Latavius Murray came in, he was still, he immediately became a part of the RB one conversation after that. And he smashed as well. I mean, Jared Cook, I mean, it like none of the values of the players attached to that Saints offense changed in that five game stretch. Now, with that being said, the one thing that I do have a concern with, and I think Paul and you mentioned it, is the fact that the Saints did have a, a top 10 offensive line. Carolina's down like the bottom half. They have to be like in like the bottom six, like within the league. And they haven't, they didn't really improve it. I mean, if you look at Carolina's, like what they spent like in the in the draft this past this past season. 
all seven of their picks were defensive picks. Not a single, like not a tackle, not a guard, not a center from like the fifth or sixth round or some no-name school. None of that. I mean, all of their picks went into their defense, which tells me two things. First, they need to fix their defense. I mean, and that, that part's obvious. I mean, if you're playing against Atlanta, I mean, if you're playing against Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, Drew Brees and Michael Thomas at least twice a season, and then now you're going to also have to play against Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin twice a season as well within that division that they have. I mean, yeah, you're going to want to try and beef up your defense as much as possible. But two, at least to me, it signifies that both Matt Rule and Joe Brady know their deficiencies like within their offensive line, and they're going to at least attempt to scheme around it with what they can do with Teddy Bridgewater. Because to me, what uh, the inside zone and uh, the RPO concepts that Matt Rule like loves to use, like between the twenties, they're both very the his uh, like all of the offenses that he's uh, he's run in the past. They like to be aggressive as they possibly can on first down. So a lot of passing on first down, which has like a higher EPA per play. I mean, that's that's what they like to do. And then also Joe Brady, like most of his prowess is actually in the red zone. Uh, the LSU's offensive coordinator uh, that he came out with a press conference, I want to say within the past couple of months saying that, I mean, Brady, most of the stuff that uh, they would call like he would take over in the red zone. And that's actually where Teddy Bridgewater struggled. Their red zone efficiency dropped off uh, once he took over. So everything within the 20s was cool. But once they got into the short area of the field, that's where they started to falter a bit. But with Joe Brady's tutelage, I think they can start to pick that back up. So Carolina, I mean, like, I mean, like Justin, you just point out, I mean, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, Chris McCaffrey, Ian, I mean, how can you go from the Saints and wind up in a slightly better situation in terms of the offensive weapons that you have to pass to? And I think in this case, Teddy's got that in spades. Mm -hmm. So it's really just about execution and the offensive philosophy that uh, Brady and Rule want to put together. And to me, looking at their track record, Looking at what I mean, Rule was doing in college, what Brady just did with LSU. I mean, I think that there's again a lot to be excited about. I mean, if not from an offensive standpoint, but definitely from the fact that with their defense still being young and being in the NFC South when they're having to play against Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, and Tom Brady now, they're going to be pulled into so many like shootout. I mean, shootout situations like in the games they're going to be playing. I mean, I would expect a lot of passing volume out of that offense. So Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, yeah, going at QB 25, I mean, put him ahead of most of those guys that you'd be drafting at the back end of your drafts. I mean, Sam Darnold, Kirk Cousins, I mean, any of those, Drew Locke, I mean, put him ahead of all of those guys. I would much rather, I mean, if you are trying to, if you do subscribe to the late round quarterback strategy, I mean, he should definitely be at the top of your list for a target that you want to get like at the back of your draft. Absolutely. <laughs> That's how it feels to draft Teddy Bridgewater in your drafts. And yes, I just want to, yes, yes, I just yes, want to yes, reiterate yes. a couple of things that Chris said because he hit every single point that I was going to say. Last season, Carolina was second in pass attempts. New coaching scheme that wants to be more aggressive, throw it more often. Their defense completely destroyed. Seven rookies, arguably one of the worst defenses in the league. Now they get a stronger NFC South, which is already the shootout city. You mentioned the Michael Thomas thing. You get Tom Brady now with Chris Scott. It's, it's going to be shootout city and better weapons. I agree because Michael Thomas, very good at what he does, high catch rate. He's very good at doing slant route, catching the ball, whatnot, but not great. Like as I believe that DJ Moore is more versatile. 
and I'm a, I mean, I love DJ Moore, as you know, Dad. But this dude, yak monster, Christian McCaffrey, you see what he can do with the ball in his hands. Curtis Samuel was a running back in college at Ohio State, and Matt Rule even said he wants to use him as a running back more often and use some versatile plays out of the backfield. Perfect skill set match. And then you have Robbie Anderson who can stretch the field. It's going to be awesome. And you add in the fact that Teddy Bridgewater was second in accuracy rating when he did play last year. So give it to these guys who have magical powers and have the ball in their hands. I'm, I'm buying, buying, buying. And he will outscore Aaron Rodgers this year in fantasy. I love it. Dad, so who, names and quarterbacks you'd rather have than Teddy Bridgewater going ahead of him? I don't care. I'm ready to put some, some bets on well, the table. I, mean, I got to put my money where my mouth is. <laughs> I mean, it, this this conference is going to be explosive. It, if you, yes. I don't like boring football, and it's definitely not going to be boring football. No. So it, in football calculator, we'll, we'll just look at that for now. It, he's going 25th. Yeah, go to some guys ahead of him that you so like. So got, who'd uh, I'm going to go him? backwards. So from 24 up, you got Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'd rather have Bridgewater. Phil, mm-hmm. Philip Rivers. I'd rather have Rivers. Mm. Oh, so you want to put that on the table? That's pretty – that's, that's close. close. I'm high on Rivers this year. That's close. Rivers going in and out who has another uh, let's great Let's put it on the table. That's line. a good bet. I'll, I'll put it on yeah. the table. Yeah, okay. I'll put it on the table. Yeah. I'm going to put that on the table. Oh. There, there it is. All right, who else you got? I'm going to do a couple of these. I'm, so, I'm okay with it. Going 22nd is Tannehill. I, oh, uh, Tannehill I like this year. He's a cheaper version of Josh Allen in my opinion but a little bit mm-hmm. more accurate. So I like Teddy Bridgewater more over Tannehill. I, I probably would too. Who else you got? Go to someone you like. Don't, don't you even got Drew Locke. I don't, I'm staying away from Drew Locke. Stompy's going to hurt I'm you. I'm not a no. Drew Locke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam's going to find Sorry, you. Sorry, Stompy. <laughs> Sam's going to find you. Uh, Jared Goff. I, I'd rather have Jared Goff. Teddy Bridgewater. Are you going to bet that too? Yeah. Put it on the table. Oh, Put it down. Yeah. All right. I'll do, I'll, I'll, wow. do, I'll do the Aaron Rodgers one too. I'm bold. I, I'm not, I don't you like love Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. I don't. I mean, who, all right, one more guy. I, I think, Name I, would, quarterback you I, like think I would still probably have him over, well, I'd have to think about that one. I don't know. You got Garoppolo. I like Garoppolo this year. Mm-hmm. Burrow. That's that's both high ceilings. I'm not going to bet that. Mayfield. I'm not a big Mayfield. <laughs> I know you hate Mayfield. One more. Go no. higher. Uh, Roethlisberger, he's old. Okay. <laughs> he's staying. Uh, <laughs> uh, Daniel Jones. All right, let's do that. Yeah, you just, let's you do just it. Try. Let's do it. Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater. Well, uh-huh. I like Daniel Jones, too. I mean, I see you wearing the Giants hat, too. Yeah, that, let's that go. Be tough. Let's go. You, know, you, you said Daniel Jones is top 10. There's right, no way you... We're putting it on a table. There is three bets. My back, gosh, back, you better back. hope Bridgewater hits. You're oh, I don't have to trouble. hope. It's already it's yeah. a known fact. And I mentioned how much I love DJ Moore, but I also love Allen Robinson. Cam this Newton. is the toughest decision i have to make in drafts this year uh, in, in the third round at least and that's dj moore versus Allen robinson because both these guys i love i mentioned that they're my highest on wide receivers in dynasty I, I love both equally however in drafts there's a good chance i'm not going to be able to get both of them unless i'm drafting with idiots which hopefully i am i'm okay with that i'll take the i'll take the free money basically but dj moore versus Allen robinson chris who do you got between these two stud wide receivers and why it's very tough to choose one but <sighs> Man, I had yeah, to put it, it on is, the show sheet. <laughs> I know, I know. And uh, to me, unfortunately, I'm probably leaning a Rob in this case. I mean, I, I love DJ Moore. Don't get me wrong. That's why this is a, this is really tough. But to me, it comes down to target share, like within their respective offenses. And I mean, Allen Robinson. I mean, both both these guys they play like wide receiver ones. Do not get me wrong. I mean, and I think DJ Moore is going to be 
Uh, while he's probably at that like fringe wide receiver one conversation right now, I think he will be firmly in that conversation at the end of the 2020 season. But Allen Robinson has been a part of that conversation for a number of years now with some of the worst quarterbacks that you could possibly like line up and put in front of him. But regardless, I mean, Allen Robinson, he ends uh, the 2019 season with a 27% target share. That is a man's target share. That is a wide receiver, alpha wide receiver target share. Now, with DJ Moore, that's the back end. I mean, he was at 22 23%. So still, I mean, a decent amount of targets like within his offense. But with Chicago, we can look at the wide receivers on that offense. And to me, there's nobody really challenging him for target there. I mean, it's. I mean, who else is there in order to? I mean, to take. I mean, Anthony Miller. Your man, Jimmy uh, Graham. I mean, Jimmy Graham's in I mean, Chicago, Jimmy, Dad. Jimmy Graham. <laughs> Jimmy Graham's there in Chicago. I mean, David Montgomery's not catching too many passes. I mean, the the competition for targets. I mean, is just not as strong in Chicago like as it is in Carolina. Like where we were just talking about, like a number of pass catchers. I mean, like legitimate pass catchers in the Carolina offense that might be able to take away or at least on a week-to-week basis, you don't know who's going to wind up with the touchdown or touchdowns within that offense. So overall, over the entire season, I can still see DJ Moore returning to that 23% target share. But on a week-to-week basis, I mean, give me that outlook for Allen Robinson all day long. Yeah, but there's no – I'll preface this. I know you're going to say Allen Robinson as well, but there's no wrong answer here. You're going to get the answer right no matter who you choose. It's just personal preference. So, Dad, who do you got here? Should I go first? Because I know you're going to talk about Allen Robinson. You're going to say more, so I mean. I'm going to say DJ Moore. <laughs> I, I just have to because. To be honest with you, right now I'm, I'm about split. So if I oh, was yeah. to cover draft between these two, I, I do not know who I'm going to take. On draft day, it was I'm Robinson just last it. week, but come draft day right now, <laughs> if draft day was today, I, I would have a If draft day was today, you have to uh-huh. take 305. You already picked, so you're not going to have a player pick for like 12 picks. Here's what you do. You say, anyone got a quarter? <laughs> right? <laughs> and then you put it, and then that's what you got to do because there's, there's really hard to choose between guys. The case for DJ Moore is he's got a better quarterback play, and he's going into his third year. Allen Robinson mm-hmm. going into AJ Apex, I still believe he's going to have high, high-end production. He's got his best quarterback play of his career with Nick Foles most likely being the starter. Even if Mitch Trubisky starts, that means you have a Mitch Trubisky who they believe is better than, than Nick Foles. You're going to have a, a lot better— of, A lot of people say the theory is if— one of them start, the other one's going to take over midseason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I could definitely well, see we'll that. See. I keep hearing that. Why did she wait last year with Mitch Trebortles? It's, oh, absolutely. It's, it's impressive. Sure. Right. And then I always like to make fun of Bears fans because, I mean, they didn't take Mahomes, right? And I was always saying, like, yeah, they could have Mahomes and that franchise would be electric. But imagine if Allen Robinson had Patrick Mahomes. He'd be at a dynasty wide receiver one, no question. He, he would be going at top. Like, it would be insane. All I want for Allen Robinson is to have a good quarterback play. And he's a free agent next year, so interesting to see what he's going to do with that. But DJ Moore, NFC South, already way to catch up, catch up for that with a past temp volume. Less overall target share in their respective offense is true. More yak ability than Allen Robinson. And then he was outside the top 70 in catchable target rate with Kyle Allen last year. Give him accurate Teddy Bridgewater. I believe it's going to be just numbers are better than last year. And last season, oh, yeah. he missed a game, averaged nine targets per game. He's going to get in my opinion, 130 to 145 targets this year. You give him 90 to 100 catches and over 1,200 yards. And last season, the big problem was the touchdowns. We know touchdowns are not sticky. It can go either way. I believe he's going to have some positive mean regression with the touchdown category because they're just fluky. Give him six, seven touchdowns. This guy's a top eight wide receiver. And I believe Alan Robinson's also going to be a top eight wide receiver. These guys are five, six in my personal ranks. I have him ahead of DeAndre Hopkins because that's just how I do it. But that, Alan Robinson, what else you got to add on him? 
Yeah, so uh, uh, Robinson, the Bears have a great defense, right? But like Chris said, Trubisky struggled. But still, Robinson had a great season. He had a, over 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns. This guy can carry an offense no matter good quarterback, bad quarterback. So I, I think if Foles is a starter, I believe it's going to benefit Robinson. Uh, there's not much of a receiving core, like Chris said, behind him. So that would be my only concern with him there. Defenses might double-team him because there's really nobody else to – to throw the ball, unless, used to it. unless Jimmy Graham comes back to his youthful days. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> they paid him nine million dollars. Nah, they paid him nine million dollars, yeah. but I, I don't think it's gonna happen. So that would be my only concern with him. Now, more. I mean, last year he finished, I think, sixteenth wide receiver, which He's is missing a game, which is pretty impressive with the inconsistent play of the missed three the game quarterbacks. too. Missed. If right. he had one more game, he'd be top twelve. Right. So, That's like just, you said, uh-huh. Bridgewater comes in. It's immediate upgrade at QB. Um, so expect a heavy dose of DJ Moore. He should have substantial numbers, I think. It's a safe bet for him to return in top 15. But don't be shocked if he's a top five wide receiver this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm, either of these guys, I believe that they both can finish in the top five. Yeah. And also, people always want to talk about Curtis Samuel being the best by low candidate because of the air yards that he didn't have completed last year. He was ninth in the league among wide receivers in air yards. DJ Moore was 12th right behind him. People don't want to talk about his air yard share at all, but he, he was 12th among all wide receivers in air yards. So he not only is a good yak receiver, also gets down the field. And this guy, I mean, people yep. take both these guys' prospect profiles for granted. They just do. Like, look it's at Al Robinson, tough. early breakout age, college dominant, and same thing with DJ Moore. I, I'm just mm-hmm. I love both mm-hmm. these guys. You can't go wrong. Well, even Robinson's been consistent year after year, no matter who the quarterback is. No respect. Is, so. And post ACL tear, which he had too much people don't forget. He had 1,414 with Blake Bortles. So, like, yeah. this guy's just. QB agnostic. It's, it's beautiful to see. Not right. Dad, I see you here lately. You're having your whatever you drink in the podcast. Tell you got water. I'm not happy with the water choice today, but you're tired. <laughs> but what is your go-to mixed drink? I know you, my dad will preface this, a big Dwayne The Rock Johnson fan. So you you like your margaritas as of late, but tell people what you, what your go-to mixed drink is and what you like to do. Don't just say it's something boring. Now, when I, when I make a drink, it's usually half- uh-huh. Vodka and half, okay, we get it. Half <laughs> so my my go to <laughs> is believe it or not is tropical punch made by Pinnacle, and then s- then simply best lemonade. Just lemonade and vodka. just a little squeeze of lime in there. Oh, see that's where you get fancy. If you were to say lemonade oh, vodka, I'd have to probably yell at you. But you you just mix it up there with a it's squeeze just of so lime. So the tropical punch is just so that's that's. That, that's your that's go-to. go-to. Interesting. It's a little bit sugary, but I mean. Yeah. And when, when vodka comes in a plastic bottle, I always question it because that just reminds me of Fedka and Smirnoff. But I'll have to try this, this pinnacle. <laughs> this, this, and I have, yeah. But Chris, what's your go-to mixed drink? I know you're mainly a beer guy, but. Uh, mixed drink, to be quite honest, uh, I've just been taking, uh, you know, whiskey, oh, you know, yeah. you know, whiskey on the rocks. Like that's been, that's been my thing for, for quite a bit right now. Uh, it, I'll normally have, if I can do a mixed drink, I'll, I'll try and put together an old fashioned if at all possible. Ooh. Uh, yeah, my, uh, my brother-in-law, he's been getting me into trying to, trying to make a couple of those. So I've been getting hip to that. Nice. Like if I, if I possibly can, but it's just getting all the ingredients and making sure you have everything fresh, you know, in order to make the proper old fashioned. But if I can, that's, that'd be my drink of choice. Yeah. For me, it's probably rum and Coke. I'm simple. It's good though. Can't, mm-hmm. can't go wrong. I don't know. I'm not, I don't really like drink that often. Better not. You're 22. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'd say it's bad for you. Don't do it. 
Ronald Jones, Dad, you've been known to you said you didn't like this guy originally. Now, now you love this guy, and I don't understand. And it's even better now. Lashawn McCoy now, signed. Now, now what do you do? Now I'm just yeah. like, haha. I was avoiding do? Mr. Ronald Jones no matter oh what. Gosh. And your, so your biggest hyped. thing that you're saying is, oh, he gained eight to nine pounds he of muscle. Eight to nine pounds Let of me muscle. Tell you, he was I working went to, hard. I went, he was no, ready to go. No, he wasn't working hard. <laughs> Last season he gained 13 pounds of muscle. Yeah. This season he gains eight to nine Listen. pounds of muscle. I went to Connecticut Tusco. I was I gained eight. Eight pounds. Listen, I can get eight pounds and say it's muscle. You bring in Tom Brady. <laughs> you bring in Tom Brady. The whole offense changes. I was a Ronald Jones fan this year till till I just heard this news today. Now with Shady McCoy coming in. So now you're not a Ronald Jones guy. I don't know what I want to do. With but this the ADP I, between I, I, Keyshawn Vaughn was the Keyshawn whenever Vaughn. he got drafted, everyone was like, "Oh, this guy," and the hype's kind of dying down on. Now it's kind of going back to Ronald Jones. They're only separated by two running back slots. They're about like three spots apart in ADP. So you know, what, you... what Arians does though, he run he works the hot hand. Whoever's the hot hand, he's gonna work. It could have been mm-hmm. Vaughn, it could have been Dare. Ronald Jones. It's gonna be Dare. Dare's he's gonna he's a souped up James White. Dare. I'm telling you, it's gonna be great because Dare wasn't there. productive in two thousand nineteen at all. Yeah? No. Why are you looking at last year's? Why stats? is it gonna be him? Now you bring in Shady Dar Dar's. He's out the, the pass catching back. He used no. and no. when Tom Brady no. was having no. those workouts that he was not supposed to have in Tampa Bay, he was having those workouts when he said, No, you can't have these big groups. So now there's four guess running, what running backs. backs there. Now there's guess four what running, running back was there. there. One guy was there working with Tom Brady, gaining chemistry, and that was Dare. And you're trying to tell me Ronald Jones who's sitting here eating pizzas or whatever he's doing, gaining all this weight. That he's the guy because he's gaining muscle. This dude's okay. just not good at football. Now you why? Bringing, why listen. would they draft Keyshawn Vaughn if they had a guy right. like Ronald and Jones? And now you're bringing Shady McCoy. It means they're not sold. So somebody there. I mean, now it's just confusing that whole backfield. D bro, someone did say DJ Moore. We just talked about DJ Moore. I could still talk about oh, DJ just Moore. Come on, D bro. <laughs> I, I love I love me some DJ Moore, but. Ronald Jones is someone I do not love me any of. It. I don't want any of this. I'm probably avoiding this backfield, and I'm waiting until later in the draft for my late-round flyer on Dare. So let me ask the two of you a question. Bring in Shady McCoy. Who's the guy there? Chris, do you have an answer to this, who the guy is? Is the uh, Could the answer just be none of them? <laughs> That's the answer I was looking for. No. That is, that no. is in fact, the correct answer. <laughs> there it is. The answer is nobody. You take Dare uh, in your last pick I would have taken Ronald Jones. Now I, I don't think I am. <laughs> Now I don't think I am. Well, then that's, you, know, you fixed it, but Ronald Jones is not the correct answer. I mean, not, I mean yeah. okay. But, so, yeah, the answer is no one, and you're not interested in his backfield because it's just going to be a clusterfuck. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I mean, and, and to be quite honest, I mean, if we're already paying, what, we're paying second-round prices for uh, for Chris Godwin, third-round prices for Mike Evans, what, sixth, seventh-round prices for Rob Gronkowski, I mean, do we really care about the running back situation at all? I mean, uh, of course, somebody's going to have to carry the mail for Tom Brady at some point. But really, I mean, most of those, I mean, I would assume most of the scoring is going to be done via the air. At least that's the way that we're drafting these guys. So, I mean, at best, I mean, if we're, if we're only looking at a smaller piece of the a smaller piece of the scoring pie out of Tampa Bay to come from the running backs, I mean, at best, I mean, sure, give me the guy that's – we're essentially approaching this running back situation the same that we approached the New England running back situation when Tom Brady was still Patriot. Just give me the cheapest one. Yeah. Like, whoever happens to fall the farthest. If Keyshawn happens to fall farther, sure, I'll take some shots at him. Yeah. But by that point in my draft, I've already have an established running back core anyway, so I'm, I'm just really looking to see who pops, like, towards the beginning or middle of the year, and I'll just hold on to whomever I happen to have. So if it's Keyshawn, cool. If it's Jones and he shows out, okay, cool with that. 
the Darion Wale like love, I think I get it because of his pass catching prowess. But still, if we look back at 2019, I mean, both him and Ronald Jones, they had all, like similar target shares. I think one had like 7%, the other one had 6% or something along those lines. So like while Dari like mostly got in on third downs, I guess I'm not 100% sold that he becomes like that James White dude, unless Tom Brady just summarily comes in and says that, hey, I want this guy here in here on third downs. And that's essentially what we need to look for like in the press conferences, like whenever they happen to have him. Or like once we get a peek behind the curtain as to how the Bucks are approaching that offense and we see who Tom likes to talk about, or even who Bruce Arians starts to talk about, that's going to be the real telltale sign at that point. Because right right now, I'm I have no idea who's going to wind up getting the uh, the like at least the lion's share of that backfield anyway. So if I'm going to approach it at all, I'll just take the cheapest dude, and we'll just see what happens. Yeah, I'm probably taking wide receiver in that range of the draft too. I'm not going to forego a wide receiver in this range to take a Keyshawn Vaughn or Ronald Jones. Yeah. But best ball, I think Darius worth a shot because you're going to get this guy who you never know is going to spike. D-Bro says, says show, tell him why you love him so much. Does Dari love? It's not even love, D-Bro. It's just a cheap price. And it's like, D-Bro, I think you just wanted to argue with me. Well, I'm not, I'm not he knows, saying. He knows I'm right. I'm not saying Dari over Fawn or not. One's going running back 33, running back 35, basically, and then running back 87. Like, I mean, come on. That's free in drafts. I'm not going to have a problem with that. And then the press conferences things right. are going to be a little bit like interesting to right. see. But I think it kind of proved it by going through those workouts with Tom Brady. Yeah. And did that. Mm -hmm. And now Debra wants to know what you were sipping when you nailed the hole in one. Uh, it was seven o'clock in the morning where it really wasn't sipping nothing until <laughs> about the fourth hole, Debro. <laughs> you want to talk about the hole in one? I got you got to yeah. embellish in this hole in one. How many times do you want me to talk about it? How many times do you want to talk about it? Every day. <laughs> <laughs> got to talk about getting an oh, ace. It was fantastic. Uh. I'm on the Titleist webpage now. Are you? Look yep. at that. I sent on my stuff. I, I sent on my stuff. And right there, you, you go on their webpage, you sign in. It says, congratulations on your whole one. Next week, my story and picture should be up there. They're going to send me a nice uh, tag, for my, Very tag nice. for my golf bag with my name on it and everything. Uh, I, I played um, Mizuno Clubs. They sent me a nice certificate and uh, they, a sleeve of balls. <laughs> Um, it was just fantastic. <laughs> you got the ball I mean, in the mantle right. upstairs. You, <laughs> but briefly, when I had the hole in one, I just they, they what just happened? I was, I'll tell you what just happened. That's in the effing hole. I think I threw, my, <laughs> I threw my club. I ran around and I just ran to the green. They're yelling at me. What about your bag? What about your? Oh, forget what that. About your bag. I, I didn't. They said I was saying I'm the talk of the town. I said I never said that. Uh, yeah, he blacked out. Stories. They're just saying. Did I say it? Yeah, probably. I don't even know. I was just. That's Jet awesome. line to the green. Yeah. That would be too. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know I what mean, yeah. I'd do. Then there then there are guys last night in my other golf league, they're trying to, to tell me that uh well you play the course 30, 40 times, eventually you're gonna get it. Come on, dude. I said, come on, dude. It's way it's <laughs> all the hole in one is is luck. I mean, yeah, you gotta hit the ball, but to get in the hole, it's just luck. <laughs> you know, they're just trying to take away my enjoyment. Then I, I shut them all up of when course. I said, How many, how many do you have? Now I can say that. How many do you have? Because <laughs> because my brother's got two, and he says to me, "Welcome to the club." And I, you know, oh okay. So yeah. it's a funny situation. Now you gotta get two, and you got you got time. Now I see if I could just shoot this. Yeah. If I could just shoot in the sixties, my golf golf career would be complete. One time because I'm the right 60s. there. If I just make a few putts, I'll, I'll be able to. You know, like people talking about golf on podcasts I listen to, and they're like, "I shoot ninety for 18. You oh. shoot? What do you shoot that on eighteen? You got? I I average around seventy five. 
See, that's that's Whew. yeah, that's that's a hell of a game, right? What there. a golfer! So, this is this yeah. is a you're great at golf. Goodness. You're getting better at fantasy football. I had Soon a seventy-three when I had the hole in one. Yeah, that, I mean, there you go. Yeah, man, you, you got it. We got you. Got to start taking more pictures on the golf course for your Twitter game. Your Twitter game is kind of growing. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you, you yeah, got to get right. people Put knowing how, yeah. how you post your scorecards and stuff like that. But we're not talking about golf for now. You can bring it up if you want to. There's a hole in one pick on this tune: the backfield in Buffalo, Devin Singletary versus Zach Moss. I mentioned how close together Tampa Bay's backfield is. You got running back 31, 35. The opposite is true with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. So how do you differentiate this backfield, Chris, and what are you doing with this backfield? I mean, I think we come to Buffalo. I, 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 don't, I don't really understand the difference in ADP between Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. I mean, I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's as simple as saying that they're well, to be quite honest, actually, I do think it's that simple in saying that they're going to wind up using Zach Moss the same way that they used Frank Gore. But I think in this case, like Zach Moss can do a lot more than Frank Gore. I mean, because I mean, just looking at the age difference, but also, I mean, Zach Moss as like his ability as a pass catcher. I mean, it's not he didn't have a ton of uh, a ton of catches like coming out of college, but I mean, it's enough to be functional like within that offense. And I mean, I think that's really all you're looking for, especially given, especially given his ADP. I mean, who else in the, let's say seventh, eighth, ninth round from a running back perspective, should their, uh, should their, uh, the person ahead of them go down, will they wind up being like in that RB one conversation? And I think that, I mean, Singletary, he was already banged up for a couple of games this past season. I can totally see myself, uh, or I totally see a similar situation here where Zach Moss winds up being the guy that winds up starting a couple of games and seeing what he can do behind that offensive line. I mean, Buffalo, uh, for I mean, for their efforts, I mean, Josh Allen, I know that we are just com- uh, the fantasy community is completely enamored with him this upcoming season. I've, I've been hearing people taking like shots at him being the, like the, the league's MVP. I uh, know like right now he's being drafted somewhere in like the QB six, QB seven range. But I mean, when it comes to like their rushing attempts, I mean, they had like the 10th most rushing attempts, like within the red zone this past season. I mean, most of those grabs that Frank Gore had, he actually like he led the team or like he was at, like, I think he either led the team or was like our second, like in red zone attempts. So, I mean, this was, I mean, that was Frank Gore. I mean, now they wind up replacing him with Zach Moss. I mean, who is, uh, like, from all intents and purposes, a more athletic version of what he was capable of doing. So give me that, uh, like, give me that upside, like, right off the rip with also including what he can do in the passing game. So I think that, I mean, at the very least, I mean, if Zach Moss's ADP shouldn't be higher, Devin Singletary's ADP should definitely be lower, and they should be much closer than where they're sitting at right now. Because if we're assuming that they're going to continue marching along, the offense is going to continue operating the way that they did in 2019. So they were sitting at, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in the 57, 58% like neutral passing rate. If that's what they're going to continue to do, where they play this smash mouth football, you know, we're going to use our defense, who's still like top five in the league, in order to control most of their games. Low scoring. We're just going to rely on just the offense, like doing the bare minimum, in order to in order to win us the games. Then, sure. I mean, I, I'll be more than happy to take Zach Moss. And in, in terms of like from a draft uh, from a draft strategy perspective, if you at least uh, if you adhere to the zero RB like strategy, Zach Moss should definitely be one of those targets that you should be looking at. Even if you don't do zero RB, I mean, he should definitely be one of those uh, mid to late round like RB targets for I mean, regardless of the format, because of how Buffalo has set up their offense to run 
with Josh Allen and uh, Devin Singletary kind of leading that offense, but I can definitely see Zach Moss taking over. Yeah, and the thing with zero RB people, they're saying like the main guy you should get is Devin Singletary, and this makes no sense to me because Zach, like they they it. believed in like they're expecting Singletary to have that uh, workhorse role. Well, he had a decent year last year, yeah, even at the end of year. the season. But then but... the team goes out and tells you what they think about him. Right. Oh, we're gonna take a bigger version of you. <laughs> That's 20, what it is. They're, they're basically just, they're, they're doppelgangers. Yeah. They're basically yeah. doppelgangers. I'm yeah. going with Zach Moss, ten times out of ten, because of their price differential. Right. Sure. It should be closer, kind of like how Tampa Bay's backfield is. I think they're going five rounds difference, right? I five. don't like Zach Moss. I'll preface this too, but I like him at this price at running yeah. back forties. Like that just doesn't He's make any sense ninth, to me. End of the ninth round, I think. Yeah, RB forty-seven. It makes no sense that hopefully, I mean, hopefully, it doesn't creep up. But like that's a free running back who's going to get at least forty percent of the touches and probably be the same. Like as effective as Singletary makes no sense. Dad, how do you differentiate backfield? And Debro in the chat saying Singletary's being drafted over Acres. That that's just makes yeah. no sense. <laughs> you want a workhorse back, and you think it's gonna be Singletary? I would rather have Acres and Swift over this guy who have the potential to be a workhorse back and are way more talented than this guy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like yeah. Singletary had a decent season, right? Especially at the end of the year. But then again, mm-hmm. in saying that, Gore took away from the situation. He took away all the goal line work. He took away a, a, a lot of the touchdown work. Um, so I do love Moss. Moss is 20 pounds heavier than Singletary, making him the right size to be that You love the role. weight gains. You're he's all sh- about the weight gains, man. <laughs> he's all about the gains. <laughs> I mean, he's he's younger than Gore. I think he's yeah. better than Gore. I think if Singletary got hurt, he's the guy I'm targeting around in that ninth. I might even jump up a little bit and grab him earlier because I think he's going to have value in that offense. Yeah, definitely. There's value to be having that offense. And all these players I love, like DJ Moore and whatnot, Allen Robinson, who I love. I also love Odell Beckham, Stephon Diggs. Oh, my guys, Judas Schuster. However, there's another factor that goes into these games that people, it's not just, oh, he's going against Kansas City. What's the weather going to be like? And this is a serious thing because people sometimes overlook the weather at these games sure. and how much it actually impacts fantasy games. If it's raining out, who knows how that implicates it? But I know someone who does know how weather implicates it, and that's Chris right here. So, Chris, <laughs> what can you tell people? What are some, like, um, trends that you see with certain weathers, and what should you be, like, looking for to, like, avoid or start a player? Like, what kind of uh, trends do you see with weather, and how do you, I guess, take that information and apply it to your fantasy lineups? Yeah, most def. Um, I mean, that was, like, pretty much my start. Like, because my, my Twitter handle, uh, Chris Allen, FFWX, and the WX is for, is for weather. And, uh... I walked into it. So when I started writing three years ago, four years ago, something like that, uh, it was actually about like weather and like how it impacts like fantasy games. And uh, I was trying to take in as much as I possibly could in terms of uh, like the historical data. And I looked at like how it affects like actual like betting trends. I was looking at some stuff that Warren Sharp was uh, messing with. I want to say like two or three years ago. Um, I looked into uh, so like a study that Brian Burke had done, who's like one of the the head folks like over at ESPN Analytics. Uh, so just trying to like condense all that information into trends that were that are actionable. And really, the the thing that at least for for me is that I. I tilt about the weather as much as anybody else, even with as much research as I've put into it. If I wake up on like a Sunday morning and I see that it's going to be like raining or if it's going to be super windy or anything like that, I still like start to freak out, like start looking at my lineup and I see if the, I need to make any changes. Kinda, I'm no kinda, different than anybody. It's kind of like my golf game. I love it when there's no yeah. wind, when there's no wind. I love it. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
but just like in your but just like in your golf game uh the one thing that i have actually found is that we we always focus on how fast the wind is actually going to be moving and that's just like one like one weather condition that folks freak out about because we can talk about rain we can talk about snow or, or whatever but wind seems to be the one thing that people freak out about but it's not just about how much the wind is is blowing or how fast it's blowing, if you even want to consider that. But it's also in what direction, because, Paul, I'm sure you can attest to the fact that, I mean, if the wind is at your back, I mean, that's great because you probably want to pull out your driver and just let it rip and see if you can actually you know, get that 400 yard drive, if at all possible. But if it's a cross breeze, I mean, and you happen to have a nasty slice to your game, well, then right. you're probably going to be pulling out another ball you're like after you, you hit your tee shot. I mean, you're probably in trouble. So, I mean, that was the one thing that I actually found is that, I mean, the wind speed, there should be two components that people consider like when they start to freak out about wind. First is how fast it's blowing. And I know that one of the thresholds that folks look at is like 15 miles an hour. Really, it's I start to get concerned like once you start like pushing into the extremes where it's like 19, 20 plus, like somewhere in there. That's really where I start to freak out. Uh, but the other part being the direction of the wind itself. So I've actually gone in and this is where I've like really gone off the rails when it comes to digging into weather research, because I've actually like looked at aerial shots of stadiums and like how they point like northeast, southwest. Wow. And then compared that with uh, the weather predictions, uh, the weather projections and like how the wind is, if it's going to be like a crosswind, like going across the field, if it's going to be like, you know, going in line with the like so on and so forth to figure out if you're actually going to have that situation where quarterbacks can adjust to if the wind is going to be in their face or at their back. But a cross breeze, that's something completely different. So in the extreme case, so if you happen to have 20 plus mile an hour winds and you're going to have a cross breeze, sure then that might be something that you might want to consider. But otherwise, I mean, if there, if you just have the just the normal weather concern, I mean, it's just 15 miles an hour, 16, 17. I mean, and you have, I mean, vintage Aaron Rodgers, like in your uh, like in your in your lineup or Russell Wilson or any of those other guys. I mean, it's just to me, it's not something that I tend to wind up making any roster changes as much as possible. Uh, one of the things that I did find um, that was like, somewhat contrary to one of the studies that I've seen passed around for, for a little bit is that uh, like passing like uh, average, uh, average depth of target starts to drop off as wind increases. So a lot of folks will say that, well, if it's going to be windy, I'm not going to start the Will Fuller, Deshaun Jackson types. I'll just find the Julian Edelman. I'll find the slot receivers, the guys taking shorter targets. Not necessarily the case. I mean, players can be utilized in a number of different ways. And so especially if guys that have those larger route trees, so if we're talking about a guy like Allen Robinson, uh, DJ Moore, I mean, those people that can that have a full route tree in their arsenal, I'm not sending any of those guys like for, in favor for a slot receiver just based off that narrative. I'm going to play those guys because we know they have the talent to adjust to literally anything. So like weather is really not something that's going to push me off of at least I guess the normal weather conditions or the weather conditions that people start to freak out about, those aren't going to push me off a of play. Now, if it's going to be like torrential downpour and you're looking at the uh, the pregame warmups and you're seeing the flags whipping about like and there's rain coming down and all that, like I believe it was the uh, Buffalo Philly game. Uh, this past season, I think it was like either in Buffalo or in Philly, one of the two, uh, where a lot of folks were either on, like they were on both Josh Allen and uh, and John Brown because Philly's secondary was fairly weak. 
Uh, and John Brown, like he didn't hit value, but I think Josh Allen did just based off of his rushing. Sure, that's where you might want to make uh, make a change in your lineup. Or the snow game from a few years ago where it was Frank Gore versus Shady McCoy, and they both wound up like racking up, I think, over 100 yards rushing apiece. Sure, in those extreme cases, that's where you might make adjustments at the extremes. But most of the like week in and week out narratives or week in and week out weather projections that a lot of folks like tend to start uh, saying you need to make adjustments for nine times out of 10, it's just, I mean, the game winds up playing out as it should based off of the offensive defensive matchups, like for each of those teams. But it is fun, I mean, at least to tilt with everybody else and try and see how the game plays out. But more often than not, like you're able to get by just making the same lineup as if the weather wasn't going to be a factor to begin with. Look at that. That's how you sum it up. That's a great (laughs) overview. If you guys want to listen to it again, I recommend it because it basically just says faded noise and just play your guys unless it's extremes, which, I mean, hey, (laughs) one guy I trust about weather is Chris, and I appreciate you with all the insight, Chris, right there. Before we get you out of here, though, I need a bold prediction. Bold fantasy prediction. Whenever I say bold, I need you to go bolder and bold. I need a bold prediction for this fantasy season. What do you got for us? Um, I mean, we were talking about him earlier, and the more that, I mean, when you and your dad were going back and forth talking about these bets for Teddy Bridgewater, man, I'm going to have to say, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, QB 10. I'm going to have to say, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, oh, I mean, QB 10. Oh. I'm putting oh. up. Putting... QB 10. Woo. I'm saying that defense, that defense is going to keep them in so many shootouts. That man is going to be like, he's going to have some massive passing volume. So I could, I could see it. It's, it's bold, but I can it's see bold, it. bold, but it's definitely possible. And for the reasons why it's definitely possible, just go back to the first couple minutes of this episode. And it just makes sense. Yeah, you're gonna be losing some bets today. That's what I. That's what I heard also right you know, there. No, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't count your chicken jet, kid. Oh, I'm counting them because it's gonna happen. Teddy Bridgewater season. Now I mean, you got to make bold positions. Like, like yeah. that, that's a bold. We need bold if, picks. If you get him and he does that, I mean, that's just gonna blow your fantasy team right up. That, that's that's fantastic. a league winner. Absolutely. Winner at QB. People that's... looking for this year's Lamar yeah, Jackson. Well, guess sure. what? There is none, but there is this year's Teddy Bridgewater, and that's Teddy <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. Your Twitter dad at Paul FSFF. Mine's at Justin underscore FFB. Chris, people don't know what do you do in the fantasy industry. Where can they find you? How can they contact you? Whatever you gotta do. Man, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chris Allen FFWX, and you can find my work almost anywhere. Um, I'm primarily over at 444. Um, I just actually started another freelance gig over at Football Guy, so I'm working with Sig Bloom and the rest of the folks over there. Uh, I'm doing a little bit of Dynasty content over at Dynasty League Football, and then once the season starts, I'll be having a weekly column over at Number Fire. So I'm I'm hitting I'm 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 in these streets, man. So like wherever wherever you try and find me, you'll probably find me there. Definitely go check him out. Follow him on Twitter and stay tuned for his articles. And that's gonna do it for us. Thanks for everyone tuning to the live stream. If you waited this far on the podcast episode, subscribe. And also remember that we do go live on these shows. You can follow at FatherSonFF to find out when we go live. Don't tweet a lot from that account, but when we go live, that's when, that's when I usually tweet it and for episodes. But made it as far. Subscribe if you're new, and we'll see you guys next time. See ya. Peace.